You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you doing today? Helping a lot. Well, I have to to say, I actually got some sleep last night, and I feel a little bit better. You know, I I had a pretty decent afternoon. Can't complain too much. Uh, I I did have enough to keep myself busy. So, um, yeah, I I guess some work done outside. It's been a nice day today. It's going to be a nice day again tomorrow. And then, of course, it's going to get all rainy and everything. But, but you know, there, there's COVID everywhere, so you can't do anything. So, you know, you're really kind of you're, you're stuck and, and limited as to what you can do, like not really much of anything. So th- there is that, you know. So, I mean, I guess if nothing else, I'm getting a lot done around the house, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess there's that. Um, it's kind of boring. Right side. But, yeah, because yeah. now I don't have any excuses to not do everything around the house. True. So, all right. What would you like to start with today? Well, um, I like to flaunt Oklahoma's superiority. What'd you do this time? Because as, as a joke. because last week you were you were passing laws to run over peaceful protesters in cold blood. Right. right. Well, actually, this one this one is just um, it, it's fun, but hold it's on. not. Hold on a second. I had a thought before you get before mm-hmm. you get down that road. I had a thought sure. on on what I just said. How is that not an insurrection? Um, I would actually ask how is. Any of the things that we've seen over the last year uh, involving riots, how, how are those not insurrection? When you define what an insurrection is, it's just resisting authority. And we've seen violent resistance of authority. So how, how is that not an insurrection when January 6th is the only thing that was an, an insurrection? It's a fair point. So anyway, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up because, I mean, all we're hearing is January 6th, insurrection, insurrection, you know, all those people that stormed the Capitol. What about the people that stormed the Capitol in the state of Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Nobody's talked about that. Uh, nope. the, yeah. No, actually, this one is kind of it, it's fun, but it's not fun at the same time because it's, it, it can be dangerous. We are now considered the lightning capital of the U.S. Um, so not only are we in Tornado Alley and have the graced with the wonderful weather of tornadoes every once in a while, usually every spring and sometimes in the fall. We also have greater lightning. Uh, Florida was the one that held that before. And let's see, Oklahoma has 83.4 lightning events per kilometer. Florida has 82.8. So, I mean, it's so closely uh, to each other. We, we are at least in the runnings, if you will. I blame all of your oil production. I blame all of the cars that yeah. you people drive, or excuse me, the trucks that you people drive. I blame all of the farm equipment. I blame all of the farms. That's what mm-hmm. I blame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder, I, I actually wonder if those uh, wind turbines have anything to do with it. Because we, we have a bunch of wind turbines up in the northeast of Oklahoma, or northeast, northwest side of Oklahoma. Uh, all, northeast all, is kind of flat. I think if you blink in the northeast, you kind of miss it, right? Because well, it's just that little tiny, yeah, or that little tiny, you know, well, slot that's the, that's, that just goes out there. The, that's the northwest, yeah, that has the the panhandle. You're right, right. But I, it's, it's I misspoke. Flatter right, the, that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The northeast is actually a little bit more hilly, believe it or not. Um, in fact, I think there's a quote unquote mountains over that direction. Okie Mountains are only like three thousand feet, but yeah, whatever. Three thousand feet is that it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Bruce, I've slept higher than 3,000 feet. I know. I have too. Uh, yeah. I've been up to 12,000 feet uh, in that area. Yeah. So it's right nice at, up right there. It's nice up there. Nice and cold up there. And you know something? Mm-hmm. It's amazing what the weather does at that altitude because if you don't like the weather at 12,000 feet, just wait five minutes. Yeah. Just give it a couple minutes. It'll change. <laughs> It's really like you want to talk about climate change. Yeah. Just, just wait five minutes at that altitude. Seriously. Even even just at 6,000 feet, you'll you'll have like a rainstorm, big thunderstorm. You can see it coming in the distance. A few minutes after it hits, it's done. Sun's mm-hmm. out. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've stopped at this little um, roadside, uh, like little shop and, and stuff in the Allegheny Mountains. And we were at altitude and everybody was just like, you know, sitting around. Everybody was, I mean, that's normal up there for them. We, we stopped by there to have lunch. And while we're sitting there, it was sunny when we pulled in. And a blizzard comes through while we're ordering, and then it's raining as we're leaving. And I, I asked the shop owner as I was walking back out the door, back out to the parking lot. I said, 
I thought it was supposed to be rainy today. And she just laughed at me. And she says, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Just look out the window and yeah, it'll, it'll change again. Yep. Whereas here in Oklahoma currently, um, you get a thunderstorm or, or talk of a thunderstorm and you, it, it, it takes up like the entire week and you'll, you'll have cloudy, you know, rainy weather. That, that's basically what, what we're running into now is it's, um, it's been sunny one day of the week so far and the rest has been cloudy and rainy. You know what happens if you are stuck inside due to um, uncooperative weather, Bruce? I mean, I know what I do, but do you know what you should do? You should watch the Oscars, like Chuck Schumer. Oh, yeah. 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 He and his um, uh, vegetarian beer, whatever he called it. He was sitting there watching the Oscars, and, and you could tell it was a photo op, too. I mean, it wasn't even a good one. He's sitting there in this, like, uncomfortable chair, leaning forward uh, with his beer in his hand and his elbow down on his knee, leaning towards the television. And he says, watching the Oscars with an ice-cold plant-based beer. Thank you, Joe Biden. Uh, Charlie, uh, uh, all beers plant-based, unless I miss something somewhere. I, I don't recall any meat-based beer somewhere. Yeah. I, I, I don't recall any of that. Yeah, It's I, all vegetable-based and, and plant-based. There might be a, a some craft beer out there that yeah, maybe. somebody's made. Yeah, somebody's some dumped kind of, some milk in there or something, yeah. whatever. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, I get it. But any beer that, that we do. know is beer, that's plant-based. I don't know that you can do that, though. I don't, I don't know that you can use anything else because wouldn't you be making like cheese beer at that point? I, I guess. The fermenting I, I process and everything. Yeah, so, I don't know the process. I just, yeah. Anyway, everybody I know that's tried to do their own their own homebrew beer, you know, everybody's going to do their own great thing and it's going to be great. They all end up sick after they end yeah. up, you know, after yeah. they drink it. So, yeah, we all know Chucky has a nice recliner there uh, unless he he's so bad with his eyesight that he has to sit that close to actually see what's going on on the television. Because it was, to be fair, it was actually a, a fairly small TV. Well, that's true. And we all know. I mean, I, it, was that a tube TV, too? No, I'm pretty sure that was a it looked like it was, was it a flat, flat screen. screen. Flat uh, screen. Yeah. I was going to say. All right. OK. Yeah, we all know uh, that, uh, that's probably one of his many apartments, too, I might add. But was there anybody else besides Chuck Schumer, Senator Chuck Schumer, watching the Oscars? Because if you look at the ratings, you'd never guess that. Their ratings plummeted by over 50 percent as viewers walk away from Hollywood because they're they're terrible. They're degenerates. People don't like them, except for the the usual ones that are the city dwellers that are stuck to their TVs and that's all they have. Or the ones that follow them on Instagram or, or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, because they can tweet to them or whatever it is. Uh, and they can tweet out their little political speeches or something that they know nothing about uh, and, and get some some really stupid people to go along with it. The ratings for this year's Oscars have dropped massively. The ratings for 2021 fell more than 50% from the year before. Look what Hollywood's done in the last 12 months. And you're going to tell me that that's something that people want to see? They're not winning the culture war. They're actually losing it, but they're saying that they're winning it. It's just like the media. The media is going along with what they believe is what people think. And it's not. It's not. Not a majority anyway. We're being told that everybody's accepting of this agenda with COVID and Hollywood and uh, the, the body politic and all the rest of it. A majority of people hate these people. They hate them. They don't just dislike them. They hate them. They detest them. They want them gone. That's why you see a ratings drop. And you notice yeah, people flock towards things that actually tell them the truth. You, you notice that? Like people have a desire to want to know what's actually going on. Yeah, a lot of the, uh, as you were saying, people not liking these, these uh, the wokeness of it. Why would I choose to go and watch an arbitrary um, award ceremony that is no longer awarding people that, that you know, did some legitimate accomplishments? They're instead doing things like... Uh, uh, awarding some movie because they had, you know, they were woke or because they were um, hired some woman or to do a position uh, or, or they, they did something for a transgender thing or uh, uh, they were black or whatever. It, it, it's nonsense now. They're, they're not actually awarding people anymore for their accomplishments. They're awarding them because of their identity politics. And then they're up there preaching to us about identity politics or climate change or any of the other nonsense. So the average person knows that. Why, why would I spend my time where I'm going to look for entertainment, listening to the same BS that we get from every other 
uh, every other place. So why not watch something else? I actually watched uh, a TV show for the first time in probably years here the other day. There was no politics in it or, or very, very little that was seen in there. It was actually enjoyable. Well, Bruce, you'll be happy to know that um, they didn't have to wear masks at the Oscars while they were on camera. But when the cameras were off and they were on commercial, then they had to put them on. Yeah, well, I, I call that BS. They didn't put them on during commercial. No, they didn't put them on. No, they didn't put them on the whole time. Uh, and if you're also, if you're wondering, the ones that showed up, every actor that showed up, everyone got a two hundred and five thousand dollar swag bag just for showing up. Wow, if that isn't if that isn't unaware or or freaking like a two hundred and five thousand dollar swag bag, are you kidding me? Why don't instead of doing the swag bag, why don't why don't each each person that shows up do a two hundred and five thousand dollar donation to a charity that's actually doing something? How about something that at least that looks good? How out of touch is that? And then that out is... there, I, I've seen video of them there, little clips of them like dancing and doing all their BS party and and unmask and all that. If if we were to do that as the average person, you'd have the the cops kicking in your door. These people are scum. They are scum. They are the dregs of society. They get two hundred and five thousand dollar bags. They're rubbing it in your face. Is all they're doing. They're rubbing it in your face. You get two thousand dollars for the entire year that we're putting you out of work. We're stealing your business. We're stealing your savings through inflation and out of control spending. But that's okay because you can sit at home, be unhealthy, wait for a vaccine to come out of your house, wear a mask, and watch us degenerates on Netflix with our two hundred and five thousand dollar bags. You people go to hell. You people go to hell. Every last damn one of you. I detest Hollywood with every seething pore in my being. I can't stand these people. Someone asked me last week, what was the last time you watched a movie? I can't think of the last time I watched a movie. Do you know why? Because that's the old world. That's the way things were. Everything's changed. All of it. Hollywood went this all kinds of crazy. It used to be something that was so something that was respected and something that people aspired to be, but it's not that anymore. It's turned into this this cult of just lunatics. This woke. This it's almost like Scientology. Almost. You throw the vaccines in there. That's what it is. It's a death cult. Like I said, that's the old world. The music. Don't even get me started on the music. Don't don't even get me started on that. All of this is about culture destruction. That is the old way dying. Hollywood, the music, all, all this perversion, all this destruction, all this woke ideology, this ticking boxes of identity politics, whatever. That's the old system dying. It's flailing. You didn't expect them to just fade away and go down without a fight, did you? No. There's an element of they are dying, and but it's now I, I, I was trying to come up with a rebuttal to that and a, a disagreeing, but uh, I can't. They're they're literally failing because of their own choices and making everything political. If they would stop making, you know, shows, if they would stop making um, movies and all that political, the, the rhetoric we were hearing about with the uh, you can't have voice actors that are a different nationality than what the uh, cartoon character is in the show. It, it, it's absurd. It, it like. No, it, that, that, that's what acting is. You're, you're playing a character that you are not and bringing life to that character. I, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, it, it's just, it's on its last legs. And I hate it at the same time because that, that's an element of, I know people enjoy that entertainment, you know, and they, they enjoy, you know, it's, it's their escape. And they're they're removing it and, and destroying it by making it at all political. Well, I get it. I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. But I mean, really, what what do you do? You turn off Netflix. You turn off like Netflix. They were already. OK, so that's like the big thing, right? Netflix. They were already in trouble with the whole. Uh, what was it? That, uh, the, the one they made with like the girls uh, dancing cuties. or cu cuties. That was it. So they were already losing membership because of that. Yeah. But now, yeah, n now it's going to be even more. They didn't. The, the thing about that one is that only lasted like three weeks and then the numbers started going up again. It, it, people are seem to be forgetful when it comes to that kind of stuff because they they what other avenues do you have for entertainment? To be honest with you, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I guess I'm looking at this like it needs it needs to be a break as in like you're looking at at things or people are looking at things as like exactly that. What am I going to do for entertainment? The whole idea here is in order for you to understand what's happening, you have got to turn that off. 
and you've got to walk away from it. I mean, walk away. I'm not talking about, well, I'm going to watch less Netflix. Uh, I'm only going to watch 160 hours this week as opposed to 200. So uh, I'm not going to binge watch this week on, on that. No, 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 no. You shut it off. You turn the TVs off. You put the smartphone down. You cancel your memberships. You cancel your uh, your accounts at, at Facebook and at Twitter and all the rest of it. It has got to be a break, a hard break, a hard break. That's what it's got to be. That's what it's got to be. If you want to get out of this mess, see, people think that, oh, you just go along with the COVID stuff. Yeah, you're going along with the system. That's going to get you out of it. You went along with the system and it got you in this mess. Going along with the system that got you in this is not going to be a system that's going to get you out of it. You have got to spit yourself out of this system if you want to understand what's happening. I talked yesterday about, I don't understand how people are succumbing to all of this this hysteria and, and all this stuff. The only thing I can determine out of it is it's got to be the entertainment. It's got to be the constant hammering in the media. It's got to be the tailored news feeds with a monopolized sense of perception on social media. It's got to be that. It can't be anything else. I don't know what else it could be because I'm not in that world. I'm not in the Netflix. I'm not in the the TV and the mainstream media. I'm not in the social media. So none of this is is feeding through to me at all. I mean, I'm seeing it. I'm looking at it from the outside looking in. But the only thing I can decipher is, is that people have been somehow manipulated or, or, or programmed or, or bypassed or, or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. As far as giving into the hysteria, it, it, it's an element of um, I, I, I think the narrative is heavily controlled. You know, I mean, we, we see what the media is doing all the time, for example. And then they've done the uh, the nonsense over the years for climate change. So I, I think it's just been a long term playing on people's fears, playing on people's um, emotions. And it, this is just a side effect of what's been what's been, you know, happening over the years. I don't know, man. It's it's sheer propaganda. Everything from Hollywood to the narratives you see on TV, the entire entertainment industry is propaganda all the way through and through. And and this is it. This is it. This is this is what people don't get. These people that are promoting these messages in entertainment and and I I mean, we talked yesterday about propaganda and stuff. The people that are perpetuating these messages and, and getting it across to, to you, the end user, that's just sitting there being downloaded with this information, or I would argue misinformation, but you're being hit with propaganda. This is the most sophisticated, tailored form of propaganda I've ever seen. You have to understand something. These people are at war and you're not. That's the disconnect. That's the disconnect. You're being hit with war propaganda. That's what you're being hit with. Everything that's going on in TV with COVID, that's war propaganda. They're at war with you and your business. You're not at war with them. That's what the problem is. So you want to know how this stops? You go to war against them in the same way they're at war against you. So, um, yeah, that's uh, whatever. Hollywood, yeah, go to hell. Every last one of you. I I could care less. I I could care less about going to a theater. I could care less about flipping on the TV. I could care less about watching something on Netflix. I could give a damn. That that whole thing could disappear tomorrow into the dustbin of history, and I wouldn't care. Uh, like I kind of uh, quickly mentioned, I did watch a TV show, and I have to admit, that TV show was actually really enjoyable, and it wasn't political, well, at least as far as I got into it. I only made it to the eighth episode in season one, so... Um, it, it, it was honestly entertaining and that's what I was looking for. And for those curious, it was Mandalorian. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. I mean, it's nice to have a break every once in a while, so I can't fault you there. And it wasn't even my subscription thing for Disney plus. It was a friend. Oh, and they you bootlegged it, it. You bootlegged it. Yeah, I see yeah. how it is. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Well then I can't fault you at all for that, but okay. That's the Oscars. Let's talk to, or let's talk about an Academy Award winner. Or excuse me. No, I'm, where are my manners? Let's talk about it, a recipient of an Emmy Award. And I'm not talking about Joe Biden, but Joe Biden hosted a White House COVID call with all the governors, all 50 of them. And that's a usual thing, not not the COVID calls, but that's a usual thing that the president will sit down with state governors on a massive call once a week, once a month, whatever the occasion may be. And it's just a routine thing. Well, this time around, usually the president taps somebody to leave. This time around, President Joe Biden tapped a very special person to lead that call, the COVID call with governors. 
You're not going to believe who it was. Let's hear it. Your friend, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York. Excellent, man. Fantastic pick. Uh, Wonderful. Not only was he tapped to lead that call, guess what Joe Biden has? (laughs) I don't even I, I can't even do this with a straight face. Guess what he's done for all future calls? going forward. They will all be led by Governor Andrew Cuomo. He has now taken over the COVID calls with the governors. Here's a guy who now the numbers are looking upwards of 20,000 that he killed in the nursing homes through his incompetency. He's now going to lead the COVID calls for all the state governors in the U.S. about COVID. As if it couldn't get any worse. I thought this guy was, everybody was like, there was an investigation open and the attorney general, Letitia James, was going to start going after him because we thought, okay, she's going to go for his seat. She's going to go guess him. Now, all of a sudden, it's like he's back in the good graces. What happened behind the scenes? He's, he's back in the good graces. Now he's leading the COVID calls for the governors. We kind of uh, we kind of mentioned it uh, in passing a bit. As long as you can withstand the initial barrage of, uh, you know, from the media and whatnot, w- whenever a scandal arises, you're good. Once you, know, once you survive that, you're, you're golden. The stuff that they had on Cuomo, as far as like the allegations and stuff, okay, I get there needs to be a court hearing, all that stuff. That's procedure. Yeah. I understand. But the allegations that were out there, everything that the media said that he was doing, like the footage that like the, the cocktail parties and all that stuff that they, that they released of him. And I mean, the whole... You know, I want to see you eat the whole sausage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, okay, it's creepy. I get it. You know, I understand. Sure. But that doesn't constitute sexual harassment or or anything like that. That's just like if you knew what would go, what goes on at these political cocktail parties, that was so harmless. It's not even it's not even funny. That's the least of what goes on at those political cocktail parties. I've been to them because it was a business thing. I had to be there. It was a business thing. I wanted to get the hell out of there as fast as I got the hell in there because these are disgusting people to be around. You don't want to be around them at all. They'll sit there and they'll sweet talk you for a minute and they're stabbing you in the back with a knife the next. So him saying those kinds of comments, though I wouldn't have, and it's not excusable, I'm not excusing that behavior. It hardly constitutes what they were throwing at him with those allegations. Now, as far as the others coming forward and putting forth all of those claims that went on behind the scenes and things that happened behind closed doors, that's what you go to court for. That's what you go to court for. You have to prove that. Okay, you get your day in court. He gets dragged through the mud and life goes on. You know, he, he takes a political hit or whatever. He deals with the political fallout. People around him start abandoning him like rats leaving a sinking ship. That's just the way it works. Right. Look what happened to Harvey Weinstein. Same thing. Not politics, but that's Hollywood. Everybody was loving Harvey Weinstein. Right. Even First Lady Michelle Obama was saying, oh, yeah, Harvey Weinstein. I want to thank him for putting all this stuff together. They were all cheering Mm -hmm. him and clapping all the women of The View, Whoopi Goldberg, everybody. They were all clapping, loving Harvey Weinstein. Meryl Streep was even on stage saying, I'd like to thank God. I'm sorry. I mean, Harvey Weinstein. Now they don't want to be anywhere near him. Yeah. Yeah. now, Now they don't want to be anywhere near him. Governor Cuomo, everybody wanted to be around him because he was this big New York tough guy. But now no one wanted to get anywhere near him with the the allegations. But now he seems to be back in the good graces of the party. Yeah. You recognize your uh, your place. Then we'll bring you back into the fold. Yeah. That's life in the party. Yeah. That's how it goes. I mean, hey, he's leading the covid calls now. Right. Here's a guy who's whose own negligence, I would argue criminal negligence, uh, killed 20,000 people locked up. And who knows what happened inside those nursing homes? Who knows? Who knows? That's we don't the know. least of it, by the way. Criminal negligence. That's that is the good scenario, or, or if you will, it, it only gets worse from there. Okay, maybe I <clears throat> maybe I left out a word. Criminally negligent homicide. I'll, I'll put I'll put that in there. Philip Wegman, who is a uh, a reporter for Real Clear, for Real Clear Politics on Monday, reported that President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris have both opted not to join the weekly call uh, conference calls with governors. Hmm. Okay. Wegman's reporting was confirmed during the White House press briefing on Monday. Press Secretary Jen Psaki demanded to know how many governors had spoken with and insisted Biden had never intended to join the calls, despite his pledge, a conference call with governors after the election in November, that he would work closely with them once he took office. Really? Okay. Well, he hasn't he hasn't really been able to do that. I mean, he he can't really he can't really do much of anything because he doesn't really know where he is. You can't have him on conference calls with governors who are cognitively aware. And here's a guy who's not. You can't have him on there. 
they're looking to someone like that for for inspiration. You're going to put Kamala Harris on there. The first one, she was the first one to drop out. You know, now all of a sudden at 4 a.m. on election night on November 3rd, she's the most popular person. I don't think so. I don't think so. In addition, Wegman reported that Governor Cuomo is now leading the weekly conference calls between the governors and the Biden administration's coronavirus team due to his role as head of the National Governors Association. So Andrew Cuomo now leads the calls as chairman of the National Governors Association. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki explained that the New York governor was put in charge instead of the vice president because a change was needed. So you put him in charge? You put a change was needed. So you put him in charge of all people. One of the reasons Saki told reporters in March is that there uh, is that there were optional aspects of the way the last administration approached COVID and approached the distribution of vaccines or approached planning and engagement with governors that wasn't working. So you see everything that they did at the last administration, all that was all incompetence. Yeah, that was all that was all sheer incompetence. You've got to replace all of that. All right, that's Cuomo. Okay, we, we we know that that's Cuomo. So he's he's now leading that. Okay, fine. And and I kind of mentioned there about Harris being unpopular, but yet she's popular at the same time from a national perspective. Joe Biden, he's he's doing a he's doing a State of the Union. Is that is that tonight? He's finally going to do one. He's tomorrow. finally going to do it tomorrow. He's finally going to do a State of the Union. And according to what we're hearing, this is going to be unlike any State of the Union we've ever seen. What are they doing different? Well, they're not calling it the State of the Union. First of all. Uh, they're calling it a... Well, there is no union, I would argue. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So it's not going to be called a State of the Union. It's going to be called Address to a Joint Session of Congress. A Joint Session of Congress. And I'm assuming yeah. that those are going to be the ones that will be handpicked to be there. Yeah, that, 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 that's the caveat. The, the reason it's not going to be a State of the Union given before Congress, they're going to limit who can be in there and who can't be in there because COVID-19, you see, it's so dangerous. Oh. Oh. You know, all of our politicians who have been vaccinated already anyway, and some of which have gotten the COVID-19 and, and recovered and, and now have antibodies, you know, they're, they're, we have to keep them separated, you know, because virtue signals. So it, it just so happens that, you know, we won't let anyone in there like a, a Joe Wilson, for example. Um, by the way, for those that forgot, Joe Wilson was the one that said, uh, you lie to Barack Obama when he was giving a um, speech. And he wasn't wrong. And he wasn't wrong. And I could see I could see the same thing happening here. You lie because Biden's lied multiple times. The promises he said he was uh, going to fulfill and keep, he's done the exact opposite of. Uh, of. OK, so here's the question. While that's going on, what are you not hearing about? What are you not hearing about? You're not hearing about what's going on in Arizona, are you? Yeah, I find it really well, strange. Yeah. I, I find it really strange that those ballot machines and those those audit teams, that process began and some countries in Europe started to go back into lockdown. Why? And, and I'm not connecting dots here. I'm just asking a question. The day that those machines started moving to go under a forensic investigation is the day that these countries went back into lockdown. Why? 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 Why is that so significant? There's something else we're not hearing as well. Just to kind of throw in, there's two things from Arizona we uh, we haven't heard about. Uh, What's the other? Saying the audit. Uh, the other one is the governor a week ago declared state of an emergency because of the border traffic. So he's declaring a state of emergency for the border traffic, but he's done nothing as far as the election audit. And I'm not talking about a recount. They are doing a recount in Maricopa County in certain things. They're, they're recounting, I think it's like 3.2 million ballots or something, but that's really not going to do anything. I don't understand why they're doing that because you've already got fraud in the system. You need to go in there and you need to audit something. You can't go in. And I was making this point to Bruce yesterday when we were offline. I said, let's say I'm doing an investigation on bank fraud or something or embezzlement. So let's say I'm doing an investigation on one of these things. If $12,000 have been stolen from a bank and I'm investigating that bank, I don't go in and, and shut the bank down and count all the money that's in the bank because the fraud has already happened. I need to go in and audit. When did that happen? How did that happen? And who are the people that are involved that could be suspect? And you build a list going from there and you work from that. That's your baseline. That's what has to happen with this stuff. There needs to be an audit. And you know something? Let's not stop with Arizona. Let's start auditing everything. Let's audit all of it. Let's overturn that whole apple cart, all of it, because I'm 100% behind my own belief in this. When I say, if you go in and you start looking 
at these audits, and let's be fair, because the Republicans and the Democrats at the national level in the U.S., neither one of them want any audits going on at all. They don't want any kind of questioning of election integrity whatsoever. None. Do you know why? Because you've got Republicans that are on board with the Democrats when it comes to doing business with the CCP. That's why they don't want the audits. Once you figure out that a lot of them aren't even supposed to be in there, that they haven't actually been elected, they've been using the fraud to get elected over and over and over again. Oh, there's going to be hell to pay. There's going to be hell to pay. You've been in there bankrupting us, stealing from us, lying to us for decades, not even being elected. Oh, no, they don't want any audits. They don't want any audits. They're not interested in any audits. So that's why you're doing it at the state level, because you do have people at the state level that are still able to think independently and make decisions from a state legislature standpoint. The Democrats, after 2016, held nine legislative seats at the state level. They got embarrassed. They got embarrassed. And you know what? They didn't pick up too many when it comes to the state level. They didn't pick up too many. They picked up some Senate seats, some House seats. Yeah, we know how they did that. We already know how they did that. They used the same damn system they did with the with the, the presidential election. We watched it. We saw the metrics come in the same. And it, we're, we're watching it. We said they're doing the exact same thing. Of course, you weren't going to get Loeffler and Purdue reelected from that runoff in Georgia. Of course not. We already knew it was a wasted effort. It didn't matter if you had 10 times the amount of votes come in for the GOP side. They had it locked up because they used the same fraud that they did with the presidential election on election night on November 3rd. The same tactics were used. They did ballot dumps in the middle of the night. You saw the graphs shoot straight up in the air and they walked away with it. And they've actually um, they're talking about seats lost and all that and gained and whatnot. The census that just released, uh, I believe Texas won two. Uh, let's see here. They won two seats. California lost one. Um, let me go through. Let me let me go through in, the, in, in order here. Texas won two. You had Florida, Colorado, Montana, North Carolina, and Oregon all gained one. Let's see here. Uh, California lost a seat for the first time in 170 years of being a state. New York, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, they all lost a seat as well. So uh, we're, we're seeing even a little bit more of a shift there. People are moving out of those cities because of their, or cities, states, because of their uh, taxation policies, their mandates, all that kind of stuff, and moving into more red states uh, in, in many cases. So. Except for Oregon, Oregon isn't really a red state. But uh, to, to to your point there, that things are shifting. Things are are shifting a little bit here, and this is this is more of a honestly, I, I would I would think this is a little bit more of a, an example uh, or or evidence of the voter fraud because people are moving out of these blue uh, states and moving into more red. That that would mean that they see something wrong with the state that they're in. And would theoretically know that their political, you know, how they've been voting or or how, but they're not know, changing the results. They're not changing though. I, I and I agree with that. That they come to those areas. We talk. I mean, we've talked about this before many times. But they go to those areas and they say, "We like it here. You don't have to pay all these taxes, and you have you have nice communities, and and you've got kids running around in the streets, and you've got good schools, and and you have." Of low crime. We like it here. But yet they turn around and they vote for the same hellish policies that they just left. Yeah, uh, true. That, 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 that's true. So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is a, maybe it'll be a little different here and maybe they'll vote differently, but it's yet to be seen. Yeah. Well, getting back to Arizona here, circling back to that, Rachel Maddow, you know, has her own show on uh, MSNBC. She's arguing that the Maricopa County election audit heralds the end of democracy. So auditing, making sure something is up to snuff, no no funny business was going on, that is destructive. Yes, okay, but stealing so an every, election is not. No, that's 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 democracy. Right. Every other time that they've refuted an election or or thrown a hissy fit about an election, that's okay. That's not destructive, right? That 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 is for the justice of the people, right? And and equity and equitable or whatever. Yeah. But this is destructive. Huh. She says that the uh, the GOP backed election audit in Maricopa County, Arizona, will become a very dangerous story. This is going to be a dangerous story. What dangerous is in you might start doing it everywhere. And we might start uncovering the fraud on both sides. Let's mm -hmm. not be let's mm -hmm. not be biased here because I want all of it. 
all of it. I want every single name that is fraudulently elected, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, I don't give a damn. I want every single person who's not supposed to be in there held accountable. That's what I want. I don't care about your party politics. I can give a damn. I quit caring about party politics 20 years ago. This this won't go anywhere. So even if they go through here and find uh, find that there was a lot of election fraud or a lot of discrepancies, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything. The, the politicians that were uh, appointed into those offices, they'll play out their term. What will happen, though, hopefully, is new policies get in place rules, whatever, to yes, protect that part has to change from that. Yeah, that has to change. Yeah. All that has to change. We've got to to, to put the brakes on this now, as in yeah. all this has got to change. No more voting machines. No, no more. No more counting by voting machines. Forget that. If you get a paper ballot, guess what? That paper ballot can still be counted by machine. We got to get rid of all that. Got to get rid of all that. You know, I figured out that that's actually how they were doing things here in Germany. You can't use voting machines here. The voting machines were outlawed. But guess what? You can have the paper ballots counted by a voting machine. That's fine. And of course, there's no way that those would ever be reprogrammed to make any kind of a mistake. No, not at all. See, I'm not totally against doing having a machine as long as you have the paper ballot backup, as long as you have the official and not only have the paper ballot, but also have the voter able to access their vote and make sure that their vote was properly counted. But let's just do carbon copies, paper ballot, carbon copies. So it's just like you you press down hard when you're filling out a form on those old carbon copy things. Right. Like the old tractor fed. You still use tractor fed in the state of Oklahoma, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not taking a jab at Oklahoma. No, no you're, you're right. It, that is true. Yeah. Which well, the only reason I say that is because we were looking at the bills out of your state Senate and <laughs> it, it looked, looked like, like it was they're... on tractor fed paper. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is accurate. You get the carbon copy ballot. So the the top copy goes in. Right. So it's a nice, clean copy goes in to be counted and you get the bottom copy. That's it. That's it. I, I, so I could if see there's, something like that. If and, there's any question, making, then you've got your copy of how you voted right there. Yeah. And also, like I was saying, you, you need to be able to have access to that as well. So like because some states have it blocked to where you have to wait seven years or four years or whatever it is before you can access the ballot. And then like two days after that is accessible, it's purged. So it's like you, you've got this small window to be able to access your ballot. That should be illegal. You should be able to access your ballot the day, at, like the day of you voting. Like once it's in the system, you should be able to access it um, and, and make sure that your vote was counted properly. That is the only mechanism I could think of that would make the, the digital system a little more accountable is for you to be able to go on and, you know, with your voter ID, verify that your vote was counted and it was who you voted for. Uh-huh. Well, here's some of the uh here's some of what Maddow had to say. She says they're creating a new founding myth for the Republican Party and the American right. A, a new found myth for the Republican As far as I can tell, lady, the Republican Party hasn't done a damn thing to stand up for American voting rights. They haven't done a damn thing in the last election to stand up for American voting rights. If they gave a damn about standing up for America's vote counting, then I'm sure we'd be looking at a very different situation today. But they decided to sit back and do nothing because they thought, we're just going to go back to business as usual. Yeah, it's not going to play out like that much longer. She says that the dangerous story that they're going to create is that Trump won the election and it was robbed from him and Biden is illegitimate as president. And they are starting in Arizona. And even before that is done, they're already moving on with the same cast of characters, literally QAnon conspiracy theorists. Who, who are they? Other than her just espousing it, who, who are they? I want names. Give me a name. I'm going to pull a GP here. Give me a name. Give me a name. Who is a QAnon conspiracy theorist? Believe me, I don't follow that Q stuff, but give me a name. I want a name or names, whatever. She says now they're saying that QAnon conspiracy theorists are going to go to Michigan to get this work done too. And then presumably beyond anywhere they can get Republicans who hold power in the legislature at the state level to hire them to make this happen. So the election auditors, I'm assuming is what she's talking about here, are the QAnon conspiracy theorists. I'm assuming the people that are that are tearing those machines open out there. By the way, it's being broadcast 24-7. It's out there. People can watch it. It's freely open. They're, they're not hiding anything. It's not like they're behind closed doors and they're just going to fabricate something and say, OK, here's all the stuff we found. 
They're doing it out there in front of everybody. But instead, the Democrats have sent an army of over 100 lawyers down there to try and stop this. They initially at the state level tried to stop it. And the judge said, "Okay, uh, put a million dollar bond to the Democrat Party and we'll stop it. We'll put a hold on it. The Democrat Party doesn't have a million dollars to put up for a bond, so they couldn't do it. So instead, they loaded up over 100 lawyers from the DNC on a plane and sent them out there to try and stop it. They couldn't get the judges out there to stop it. So guess what? They decided they were going to knock on the door of another judge who they appointed back under Obama to see if they can get him to stop it. But apparently he is not he's not even able to stop it. So it's going to continue. This is going to go on for another for another 35 days. So Matt, I went on. Yeah, as it should. So Matt, I went on to say it is so stupid. Oh, it's stupid to find out what what happened on on election Mm -hmm. night. It is Mm -hmm. so stupid. They Mm -hmm. called that state with less than 10 percent of the vote. That's stupid. She says. And, you know, if they can do it and do it right, it's also this this kind of this end to democracy. It's an an end to democracy. I hope so. I hope so. At least the end of our democracy. We're not a democracy, lady. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you'll stop talking that nonsense right there. She says, to the extent that our democracy is built on the principle of two major parties competing with governing visions that are fought out in contests where the people vote with ballots, they are tallied in a technocratically sound way, and we accept the results. The loser lives to fight another day, and the winner gets to govern. Um, yeah, so our democracy system, the party system, the it, it needs to go back to hell. It needs to burn in the fires of hell because this whole party system, the two party system is part of the reason we're in the state, the state we're in now. If you're a politician, you should be required to stand on your own platform, your own policies, your own morals. And when we vote for you, we vote for whatever you're standing for, not some platform that the that, you know, the left or the right, you know, Democrat or Republican or whatever, Green Party, I don't care. Um it, whatever you say you're standing for, and then give us some kind of BS. Um, uh, well, we can't do this policy because X, Y, Z, whatever. Th- this binary system that we have currently. And then the idea that we're a democracy? No, no. We're a republic. There's a difference. We're supposed to be a nation of laws, but um, I, I don't, I don't think people have justice system. for that. Yeah. And an impartial yeah. justice system, I might add. Because if we actually had those things, I mean, I was talking about the Department of injustice, let alone the Department of Justice. And we don't have a Department of Justice. She went on to say, and she concluded here, she says, if after every election you lose, you call in the cyber ninjas to declare the guy who's now governing to be illegitimate and you have been a usurped power. Oh, that's a quick, quick, quick way to turn to the end. You mean like every time a Democrat loses, they call foul? Yes. Well, uh, Hillary, they never let that one go. They never let that one go. For four years, you heard nothing but Trump, Russia, Trump, Russia, Trump, Russia. Day one, on Inauguration Day, the inaugural parade, he didn't even get to the White House. He had just walked off the stage and NBC News was already saying, there's still these deep, deep ties to, to Russia that we need to be investigating. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But let's say that now you do go in. I'm just for the sake of argument here, let's say that you do go in and you do find in all these states in question that massive fraud did happen. Let's say that because we've been hearing this entire time, baseless claims, baseless allegations, uh, no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, blah, blah, blah. Right. OK. Mm-hmm. All right. And the Republican Party sat back and took that and said nothing like a bunch of useless idiots that they are. But let's say that you have an impartial investigation by auditors, which is what is happening now. And they do produce those real claims of certified fraud in all these states. And let's be clear, because she's not wrong, Maddow, she's not wrong. They will go to Michigan. They will go to Georgia. They will go to Pennsylvania. They will go to Wisconsin. They will go to California. And God help me. I wish they would go to every single state because I don't want to know just about the presidential election. I mean, that's bad enough in and of itself. That's that's bad enough in and of itself. Have you seen this sorry excuse for a so-called administration? We are a laughingstock to the world because of this bumbling, pudding eating buffoon. He's in no condition. I don't I don't care your politics. He's in no condition cognitively to be making any kind of a national security decision. He is a national security risk cognitively or not. 
He is a national security risk just with him and his family's ties to the Ukraine and China. But I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to know every damn dirty detail about every single thieving, corrupt politician that is in public office that is not supposed to be there. I want to know every last damn one of them. I want names. State level, local level, federal level, I don't give a damn. Political party, I could care less. I want to know, are you supposed to be there? Were you duly elected by we the people or were you not? That's what I want to know. I want audits all the way around. I don't want to be biased and and partial to one side or the other. That's not me. I want to know where the fraud was committed. I want to know where the crimes were committed. I want to know how they did it. I want to know who was involved, where the money came from, and who they are. That's what I want to know. As an American citizen, I have a right to know that. You have a right to know that. The world has a right to know what went on and what's continuing to go on. So yeah, Maddow, she's she's a little nervous. You can tell. At least when I heard the actual audio, I don't have the audio here. I do apologize for that. But the actual audio, she is nervous. You can hear it. And you know the Democrats are nervous. You know that they are. They're sending out armies of lawyers to, to have all this stopped. Well, if you're legitimate... Okay. All right. Fine. If you're legitimate, let's play that game. If you're legitimate, let's have this audit. You should be all for it. If you're so confident that you're legitimate and everyone else is a conspiracy theorist and and everybody else is a a QAnon crackpot or whatever you say. Okay. Let's have the audit. Let's prove you right. Let's prove that you really did win that election. But they're down there doing everything they can to try and stop it. That doesn't sound like somebody that doesn't have anything to hide. That sounds to me like somebody that has everything to hide. And like I said, why is it key countries in the EU, why is it the key countries, key allied nations, why were they all of a sudden changing policy the day that those ballots started to go under the microscope? Why? Could it be that these are some of the same countries that we were talking about in the initial stages? There were rumors that some certain European countries were involved in the finagling of the U.S. elections on the night of November 3rd. And of course, you're not hearing anything here about audits or anything like that. It's just COVID and climate change and COVID and climate change. And yeah, vaccines, blah, blah, blah. That's all you're hearing about. So yeah, uh, to, to, to your point about transparency and, and why, why so afraid? Why like... Seriously, I want I want an audit after every election. Personally, every single election, there should be an audit. We need to, to verify that it's not just to uh, protect the vote. It's also to ensure that the people trust the vote, that they have faith in the system so that you get more people out there voting and, and feeling like their their voices are heard. One of the things I, I, I've kind of mentioned before in the past, our whole vote, voting system, that is essentially a means to keep the people satisfied, if you will. Feeling like you have your voice heard, that is an outlet. That is an, a, a way to release steam. If you have a group or a, a, a populace that believes their voices aren't heard, um, it's going to escalate things and it, it can lead to violence. I don't want that. I want us to li- live peaceably, have a functioning uh, society and government to be the hell out of our, the, the hell out of our business. I, I want you know those kind of things. But to sit here and say you're part of QAnon because you want an audit. Seriously, seriously. I, I don't. Uh, the, the bottom line is at this point, even if we prove that there was election fraud, we can't do anything about the current administration or the current politician. They're in office until it's uh, until their terms out. We don't have anything in in the, at least on the federal level. I don't know about states. I don't know if each individual state, you know, what their policies are exactly. They may have a law that allows them to remove someone and have a special election. So they shouldn't be afraid of the the Biden thing. But the fact that they are afraid of of something leads me to believe we're going to find something. It's, you know, it's not just it's not just. Yeah. And I agree with you. Something's going to get found. And here's the thing. I don't think that it's just U.S. people that are concerned here. I think some European leaders are concerned, too. That's just my own personal opinion, because I'm watching things here. Right. I'm on the other side of the the pond here. So I I have a a little bit uh, clearer perspective. I can see what these people are doing over here. These 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 governments, they're taking these certain actions and key players in these governments are taking certain actions. You've got, for example, I, I'm I'm in Germany, so I'm I've got uh, a clear view of what's happening here. You've got 
regional governments, you know, because they have a system that's similar to the U.S. We're broken down in a, in a federalist system in America. They took our same system here. They broke everything down into a federalist system. So you have 17 regions and, and states that function independently. Each one can be autonomous, except now they're not. All of a sudden, they're not. They had their power grabbed away from them unjustly, and now they're scrambling because they're they're scrambling to try and figure out what's going on. So now a lot of their own government people in all these regions and all these states are now starting to call into question, hey, wait a minute, what are you people doing? There's only a small group of you at the top of the national party. What are you people doing? Why are you doing all this? Why are you taking these actions that no one's asking for? You're just handing them down saying it's for your own good. That doesn't make any sense. Same thing with the Italians. Same thing with the French. They're all taking the same actions. The British, they're all taking the same actions. They're all saying the same thing. And it's just a small group at the top of these parties that are doing this. So it leads me to believe that what's happening, all this is tied together. We, we know that all this is connected one way or the other. We know that they are, that okay, there were arrests made. We haven't gotten into detail yet on it, but there were arrests made in Italy of people that were involved. We know that there were incidents that happened in Germany. We don't know what but we know that there was something that went on in Frankfurt involving November 3rd, the night of November 3rd. We know that that incident was connected to what happened in Italy by two U.S. ambassadors that were arrested by Italian authorities. We know that. So something's, something bigger is going on here. And I, I think I think that it's more than just the U.S. people. That's the only point I was trying to make on it was I think it's more than just U.S. politicians that are concerned here. Oh, I agree. I, I think it's a global I think this is this a global is a, thing. This is a big deal. This is a treaty violation. This is serious business. This is not a this is not a a, a kids game here. Yeah. Uh, so honestly, though, do do people really care anymore? Seriously, the the like we all knew. No, I I can't say that. That that that's uh, number one. It's a little too dark. But number two, I I think I think that people do care enough to have their voices heard. So yeah, and and you can't deny. I think people, even the ones that really don't care too much, they don't want any more of this lockdown stuff. They they don't want any more of this this COVID stuff. You know something? If we would have just left everything alone in the initial stages, if we'd have just left everything alone, herd immunity would have already been achieved, and we could have gotten on with it if we'd have just left everything alone. But they've made an absolute mess out of everything because of what? Because of what? How many lives have you destroyed? And you're going to continue to destroy because of your oh, man. I want to say it. <laughs> I want to say I can't do it. We're, we're not on a we're not on the exclusive. I can't say it. No, so. You can say bonehead ideas. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to sound too much like Uncle Joe. Yeah. So I can't. Fair. Anything else you got? Uh, let's see. Do I have anything light? Uh, I have something light. Let's hear it. Let, let, let's end on a on a, a lighter note so we don't okay. uh, lead people off into the abyss and leave okay. them there. The uh, the BLM co-founder who. Mm -hmm was a, or who is a trained Marxist in her own words. You know how she was caught owning all those multi-million dollar estates and, and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. four. Yeah. Yeah. Four. And she was looking at it. The one in Georgia had an airstrip on it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and she came out with the explanation that uh, she doesn't look at her money as her own. Right. Because it's mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. her family's, of course. Right. Right. And she was also looking at purchasing a five million dollar estate in the Caribbean, right next to all of the celebrity houses and everything. So I'm, you know, I'm sure. But but anyway, that's beside the point. She also has a uh, a reform group, a jail reform group, who decided that they were going to um, hold a conference at a Malibu beach resort, a luxury Malibu beach resort, and they dropped a total of twenty six thousand dollars on that conference. Interesting. Now, it's not quite like the uh, like the conferences that the, the Biden cancer initiative had, <laughs> but um, I'd say this is a close second or even Newsom. But what he had his conference, you know, mm -hmm. the, the fifteen thousand um, dollar liquor bill. Oh, well, that was just that was just dinner. Yeah, that, that was just yeah. that was just dinner. Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. I don't think that was food. That was just yeah, that was just drinks. Yeah, was, fifteen thousand. Yeah. 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 At the, the, the French laundry thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But. I mean, that's that's I think, in my opinion, I think that's a little bit different of a scenario because he explained that I made a bad mistake. Now you see, he, he said that. So, I mean, at least he admitted that. Yeah. So a Los Angeles based jail reform group led by BLM co-founder Patrice Cullors dropped nearly twenty six thousand dollars for <clears throat> meetings. I'm doing the quotes at a luxury Malibu Beach resort in twenty nineteen 
campaign finance finance records show. The payments were made on behalf of Reform LA Jails by a consulting firm owned by the co-author of Caller's 2018 biography. She has a biography? Really? Interesting. Caller's, who is a self-proclaimed trained Marxist. Uh, I have that here, just so everyone understands. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Okay. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Okay. All right. Yeah. She, she, she cleared all that up. She's a trained Marxist. Um, she has raked in upwards of $20,000 a month, a month, serving as chairwoman of Reform LA Jails in 2019. That's a pretty damn good salary for a tax-exempt foundation. Yeah, it's not bad. 20000 a month. Well, now we know how she affords all those those residences. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, honestly, just to, to um, clarify on things, we don't have a problem with people having stuff. No. No, that's not what this is we about. We have a problem with how they're getting the stuff. Yes. And showing the hypocrisy in all of it. You're out there claiming to want to better everyone in the black community, yet you're doing this. That's... That's the height of hypocrisy right here. So Reform LA Jails dropped $10,179 for meetings and appearances at the Calamigos Guest Ranch and Beach Club in Malibu, California. Can you look that up, please? Calamigos, C-A-L-A-M-I-G-O-S. Calamigos Guest Ranch and Beach Club in Malibu, California. Snazzy place? Yeah, it's not bad. Four, four and a half stars on Google reviews. Pretty nice looking place, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, they spent another $15,593 at the Malibu Conference Center, which is a corporate conference facility owned by the resort. So according to the records, which covered the time period between July and September of 2019, guests at the 200-acre resort, where rooms start at $600 a night, <laughs> good lord, have exclusive access to a private five-acre strip of a Malibu, uh, of the Malibu Coast. The records show that payments were made on behalf of the jail reform group by a consulting firm owned by Asha Bandela, a longtime mentor of Colors and co-author of her 2018 biography, When They Call You a Terrorist, a Black Lives Matter memoir. That's funny because if you stand up for wanting freedom right now, you're being called a terrorist. If you stand up for saying no to governments telling you what's for your own good, you're called a terrorist. That's too rich. That's too rich. I, I posted the uh, TripAdvisor link and uh, oh. some nice pictures of that ranch. Uh-huh. Let's have a look. Hey, that's a, that's a pretty nice place. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. You know, if, I, if I book now on Hotels.com, I can get the low, low rate of 645 euros a night, which is about $750. Yeah, uh, I, I, can, I can do it for 780 Yeah, yeah. That's... That's that's nice. Yeah, that's 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 rich. And that's probably COVID rates. Yeah. Now, it is unclear why they book these meetings at the luxury Malibu Beach Resort. It's unclear. They don't know why. The California Fair Political Practices Commission, they actually have such an organization in California. Are you kidding me? Which well, regulates political Yeah, which regulates political groups such as Reform LA Jails, states that campaign funds must be used for political, legislative, or governmental purposes. That's pretty broad. That's pretty broad because you can name just about anything for that. Well, I had a dinner with um, the the local councilman. Well, that's political, legislative, and governmental purpose. So yeah, you can write that off as a political expense. Yeah, sure, that's fine. I had a drink with so and so, or uh, the uh, uh, the the ward chairman is across the room over there, and I just happened to stop and say hi to him. So I'm going to put my whole bill on uh, on my uh, my foundation's expense for the night. Yeah. So a review of Reform LA Jail's social media records show that the group organized multiple events in the Los Angeles area in the second half of 2019, including now listen to this one. Yeah, I know this is going to be this has got to be a this has got to be a blockbuster uh, event right here, including party at actress Jane Fonda's house and a day party plus a summit in Pasadena featuring live music and local artists. That sounds like uh, uh, the average political meeting to me. Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, anyway, you wanted the lighter note. There you go. Yeah, definitely lighter. Your uh, donations at work there, if you donated to that. Hmm. So I'm it looks to me. Watch, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, it looks to me. No, you're fine. So it looks to me like uh, a lot of these. Man, this is a really nice place. It looks to me like a lot of these. Uh, uh, this is just more of the same thing to uh, 
to, to prove a point here. This is more of the same thing. This is what we see out of these tax exempt foundations. That's all they do. They funnel their money. It's a, it's a money laundering operation. It's just like anything else. So they funnel the money through their tax exempt foundation, and then they can draw a salary from that and they don't have to pay any taxes on it. You know, I, I heard this. I, I heard a, I heard a professor from Georgetown University. I heard them talking about this uh, when I was uh, when I was listening to uh, one of their explanations on tax exempt foundations. If you want to understand how they're able to carry out all of these agendas and go through and buy up all this stuff and get these advertising agencies and and get these uh, social media companies and and all of this social engineering put through. Look at the link between and I'm, I'm sorry. It's just the way that it is. Look at the link between the American left and the tax exempt foundations. That's all you have to do if you really want it. And it, he said it without actually saying it. He said. If you want to put pieces together, if you really want to look into something, he says what you need to do. And this is the other part. I, he, he added another. I just remembered this. He says, look at the link between the American left, the tax exempt foundations and American academia. If you want to put things together, look at those three things and you can pretty much figure out why these people run around and they've got all this money and they put their names on things. And yet they claim that they're for the poor and the downtrodden. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we see it all the time. But that's the other thing is these taxes and foundations. They do these kind of meetings that we're talking about where they where they go to a nice resort or something and then write it off as a business expense or whatever. And it's just a big. Um, well, uh, I will I will use less colorful language and just say it's it's all fraudulent. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right. We're out of time today, so we are going to have to go. But uh, we did a full podcast today as opposed to yesterday. Uh, so it was actually nice to sit down and talk things out. But anyway, so for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We're putting out all of our podcasts over there every day. We're also putting out an exclusive podcast once a week. So get signed up to us over there. Uh, get access to that content, plus all of our news feeds. Uh, drop us a comment uh, if you'd like to uh, to reach out to us. Also, if you want to reach out to us, you can do it another way by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and associates. We are trying to grow, and we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could spread the word for us, we would really appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that would be fantastic as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today. So I do apologize. Marty was not here today, but I did speak to him. He's dealing with an issue. He says he will be with us tomorrow, though. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.